This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 112, and it is another solo Q&A episode sponsored by Manscaped. And uh, the reason it's a Q&A episode is because originally the episode that I had planned for, uh, the guest could not make it. Uh, nothing serious, just a work thing, but uh, they could not make the recording. So I figured instead of trying to find a new guest on short notice... I'll just postpone that episode, that topic for a later date, get that guest back on, and uh, instead here we'll do a Q&A episode. Uh, make it easier, you know. So I sent out the call and uh, a bunch of you answered and sent me questions, so thank you so much for that. Uh, you can't have a Q&A without cues, of course. So uh, most of these I got from Twitter, at Music of the Mat on Twitter, by the way, and I will mention the Twitter handle of those that sent in questions that way. So, um, yeah, let's get to it here. All right. So starting with Mike Dodd at Mr. Dodd 18, what are your top five licensed music wrestling entrances? Okay. Now this is a tough one to start off with, I think, because, uh, there are just so many to pick from throughout history. Um, it's funny right now I'm doing a big, uh, classic ROH marathon watch. From the first show to, I guess, I don't know, end of 07, perhaps? And we all know the rich history of ROH um, using licensed music. Uh, perhaps not legally, mind you, but they still used it. So, you know, Miseria Cantare, Punk's theme that we played on the previous episode and uh, Benno and I gushed over. That comes to mind right away. Uh, Final Countdown, Brian Danielson, that comes to mind right away, of course, as well. And you know what else? I've been watching those early shows I forgot just how awesome Low Key's theme is. Born in China by the Immortals. That song is is so good, and I think what helps too is Loki's matches are easily the best on those shows. That does help a lot, I think. But um, but yeah, that that song is great for sure. Um, what else? You know, maybe not the purest wrestler of all time in more than one way, I'd say. But I can't lie, Hogan coming out to Voodoo Child, air guitar and the feather boa, the smoke—it's it, so damn cool. And with as problematic a guy as Hogan has been in his life, I think that is one of the, the bright spots for sure. So uh, that's four. And a uh, fifth one. You know what? I'll go with the Bruce Dickinson cover of The Zoo by Scorpions from the ECW Extreme Music album. like it more than the original version to be honest and the thing about that song is on the album it was connected to Bam Bam Bigelow but I don't think he ever actually used it in ECW I think Mike Awesome used it instead a little later so um but yeah regardless The Zoo by Bruce Dickinson I love that song a ton so uh yeah there you go that's five um I wouldn't call it my definitive set in stone top five of all time but 
those are the ones that come to mind right away that I love. So um, thank you, Mike, for that question to start us off here with. Then now, whatever podcast at TNW Podcast, which I believe is run by Duncan Joyce, former guest of the show. The question is, I don't know an analogous way to phrase this, but Mary Fuck Kill, WWF Forcible Entry, WWE Thematic, The Music Volume 6, and WWE Reckless Intent. Well, I guess a better way to say that is keep, sell, and destroy. Which album to keep? which album to sell, and which album to destroy. And this is another tough one because I'm looking at the track listings of each one, and they're not perfect, but they each have some excellent themes on them that I just I could not imagine destroying. Uh, Forcible Entry has Live for the Moment, One of a Kind, Slow Chemical, Benoit's theme. Uh, Thematic has Evolution's theme. It's got Mac Militant, Just Close Your Eyes, Gail Kim's first theme, which I love. And Reckless Intent has I Walk Alone, Burn In My Light, This Fire Burns, Somebody's Gonna Get It. I mean, come on, this is a tough choice here. My God. So, uh, all right. Um, I will destroy Thematic because out of those three albums, that one has the most number of tracks that I don't want to listen to. So I'll destroy that one. And then... I will I will sell forcible entry and I will keep reckless intent. That's what I'll do, but uh I'm not happy about it, goddammit. Alright, this is my childhood here we're messing with, alright? <laughs> You're messing with my childhood here, Duncan. Come on now. <laughs> I'm not happy, but um but no, seriously, thank you for the question there, Duncan. I I, I do appreciate it so much. Let's see here. Uh Fred Morlin at Flagrant Stats. Fred is a writer at VOW. When will wrestling finally move further away from circa 2005 butt rock? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think at this point, wrestling and butt rock are just so firmly ingrained, it's hard to imagine wrestling without it. Uh, at least American wrestling, you know. Uh, Japanese wrestling, Lucha Libre, uh, they all have their own spheres of music, I'd say. But, um, but look, wrestling and rock and roll have been linked forever. You know, especially hard rock and metal because of that, you know, aggression factor, the energy, the bombast and all that stuff. That goes hand in hand with wrestling. And I think as long as you have people who are fans of that music who either make it for wrestling themes or pick songs like that for shows, it's going to be around for a while. Um, and I think the problem is that butt rock, dude bro metal, whatever you want to call it, um, it's not as cool or hip as it once was, you know, like... 15, 20 years ago. So it does seem lame to keep going back to that well over and over and over again. But again, that's wrestling. You know, wrestling relies on the same tools and tricks for a lot of things, not just music. So, um, Fred, I, I feel your pain. I understand you want other stuff, perhaps. But don't forget, the biggest theme in wrestling, arguably, is Judas. And that is Butt Rock Palooza. So don't hold your breath, all right? <laughs> But uh, thank you, Fred, for that question. Thank you very much. Garrett Kidney at Garrett Kidney. Of course, multiple former guests here and uh, one of the hosts of the brand new TNA history podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Network called You've Got to Be Kidding Me. Um, or as it should be said, you've got to be kidding me. Love you, Don. Get well soon, buddy. What's your favorite theme song that was only used for a short period of time? Okay, this is another one where I could pick a bunch of songs. I'm going to go with Kenta's first New Japan theme that he only had for like a few months before the heel turn. Uh, it's called Overture. Love that song so much, and you only had it from like July to September 
until he got his current theme, Secret Trees. And and believe me, I get why they changed it. You know, it's it's way too much of a triumphant, hopeful theme for a, a bad guy like Kenta to use. And his current theme, it did take a while to grow on me, but I do love it now. But I love that Overture song too. And I kind of wish someone else had it, so it could be around for a lot longer, but it is what it is. So uh, thank you, Garrett, for that question as we go to the back. Little TNA joke there for you. Uh, Ricardo Gallegos at Wally RGR, another VOW contributor and former guest. Uh, Ricardo says, I'm on a Sparks high because of Edgar Wright's wonderful documentary about them, which I highly recommend. Um, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Uh, it's called The Sparks Brothers. I want to see that, actually. Uh, but anyway, uh, what do you think about Sparks? What wrestler should use a Sparks entrance theme? What song would it be? Well, I have heard of Sparks. I know who they are, and I know they're very prolific in terms of putting out albums for, what, 50 years, I think, at this point? So I'm aware of them, and their cult following, and their, um, uh, I guess, esoteric ways and all that stuff. But to be honest, they're one of my blind spots when it comes to their music. Like, I've heard a couple songs by them before. Uh, this Town Ain't Big Enough for Both of Us. The number one song in heaven, I think, as well. Uh, the, the hits, quote-unquote. So, and I enjoyed those songs, but I've just never taken the time to really delve into their catalog. Um, so, I don't have a big opinion on Sparks. As far as the wrestler question goes, again, I don't know because I don't have the knowledge about Sparks. So, you know, if, if this was like David Bowie or Peter Gabriel, then yeah, I'd have an answer for you. But... Honestly, I, I just don't know. I'm sorry. But um, I will check out the documentary, and I will listen to their music, for sure. Um, by the way, I, I do know this about Sparks. They made a supergroup a few years ago with guys from the band Franz Ferdinand called FFS, which is an odd combination on paper, I think, but that's Sparks, I guess. You know, they're very much guys who like to do whatever weird things they want. So, you know, good for them, and uh, thank you, Ricardo for that question, um, even if I didn't fully answer it, but uh, but thank you regardless. Up next, let's see here, we got Gerard DeTrolio. Uh, Gerard does some of the All Japan reviews on the site, does a great job with them as well. Uh, his question, rank these Kenta Kobashi themes, Sniper, Grand Sword, and Blazin. Now those are the three big Kobashi themes of his career, and um, they're all like at minimum good songs. I think we can all agree on that. And I re-listened to them for this question here. I'm going to put Sniper third. Again, I like Sniper. It's a good song. But compared to Grand Sword and Blazin, it does come up a little short, I think. It doesn't feel like on the same level as those two songs. Which makes sense because Sniper was the early Kobashi theme before he became this big icon. So, you know, naturally that theme is not this epic song. Uh, now for the other two songs... I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm going to put Grand Sword at number two and Blazin at number one. And the reason is because, you know, they are similar songs in a bunch of ways. Same epic and heroic overtones, same pacing, very similar melodies. But Blazin is built more around the guitar and Grand Sword is built more around the keyboards. And between the two... I'm picking Blazin because of that guitar, namely the version done by K.A.Z., because the original version of Blazin by Jay Graydon is, it's a little more balanced between the guitar and the keyboard, but the K.A.Z. version is just a full-on shred fest. So, yeah, one, Blazin, two, Grand Sword, three, Sniper. There you go. But uh, but if anyone picks Grand Sword as their number one, which I'm sure many would, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a great, great song, but that guitar in Blazin does put it over the edge to me. So, yeah. 
Uh, but thank you, Gerard, for that question. Uh, all Japan related, by the way. So uh, very on brand for you. Good job there. Thank you. <laughs> J.R. Goldberg at Wrestling Bubble. J.R., another former guest on the show here. Uh, J.R. sent me a question that is just one word. And when I saw it, I laughed immediately. The question is clavicle? Question mark. And I laughed because for some reason, JR is obsessed with the fact that back in the day, Matt Seidel on the Indies used to come out to the song Clavicle by Alkaline Trio. Which is a song about a guy in love with a girl. Pretty standard stuff there. But the chorus of the song is, I want to wake up naked next to you, kissing the curve in your clavicle, kissing your clavicle. And that just tickles J.R. Pink, apparently. And look, I can see his point, you know. It's not the most traditional subject for a wrestling theme, I'll grant you that, sure. But look, indie wrestling is the Wild West when it comes to entrance themes. Guys and girls just use whatever they want, pretty much, depending on what they like. And I know for a fact that Matt Seidel is a big fan of Alkaline Trio. Because I found a tweet from Matt Seidel on December 1st, 2009, day before my birthday, that reads... I've been listening to Alkaline Trio all day long, planning on watching Donnie Darko later. Gotta love a perfect Tampa night. Peace sign. So there you go. Matt Seidel, he loves Alkaline Trio. He also loves Donnie Darko, apparently. And you know what? Look, who am I to wag the finger at Evan Airborne for having a perfectly harmless song like Clavicle as an entrance theme? And you know what? Who are you, J.R. Goldberg? to snicker and guffaw at the man's choice of theme as well. Hmm? That's what I want to know, Buster Brown. But thank you, JR, for the question. Ian Hamilton at Ian Wrestling. Uh, Ian is a writer at 411 Mania. What are your favorite production music library themes and why? Uh, Ghost Town Triumph, Hangman Page's theme. That's probably my favorite. Um, a little recency bias, perhaps, but man, it's just so good. It just fits that character and his vibe. It sounds cool, has a unique style compared to other themes, and I get jazzed up whenever I hear it. So, um, only thing I don't like about it is that it's too short. Like, the actual song is just a little over a minute long, and the reason for that is because, you know, Vincent Padula, the guy who made it, wasn't thinking this will be a wrestling theme someday. You know, it, it's just a little piece of royalty-free music. So you got to go on YouTube and find someone who made like a three-minute loop of it or whatever uh, just to get a more satisfying listen. Uh, another one I'll mention that I love, I played this back on the WCW Grab Back episode, but it was the song from Bash at the Beach 96 that the Outsiders used as their theme called Crazed. I don't know why, I just love the way it sounds, um, but I also like the actual Crazy by Seal, too. But again, there's a bunch, you know, Goldberg's WCW theme, the Hardy Boys theme, of course, those are obvious picks. Um, oh, you know what else I like a lot, too? Uh, Jay Lethal had a song for like three or four years in ROH called Scorched Ops that was like 90 seconds long, and it was super serious and badass and it had the Inception bomb in there too.
that one's pretty good, I think, as well. So, um, yeah, there you go, Ian. Uh, thank you very much for the question. Another Garrett here, uh, a Canadian one, Garrett Knight at Canuck Graps. Uh, he's written for VUW as well. What genres of music aren't as represented in wrestling as they should be? And why is it ska? Okay, got a, got a ska fan over here. Got a rude boy on our hands. Um, you know, Garrett, you're right. There really isn't as much ska in wrestling as compared to other genres. Um, I mean, there's Sami Zayn's theme. That's a big one. And he's Canadian as well. So there you go. But, but yeah, ska is one of those genres that just, you don't hear all too often, if ever, in wrestling, really. Um, I mean, ska punk, there's a better chance of that, I think, because of that harder edge. But even bands like, you know, Less Than Jake or Sublime, uh, things of that nature, uh, those are much fewer in comparison to hard rock, metal, hip hop. Um, those are the genres. And I guess electronica as well. Those are the big ones there. And honestly, you can see why. I mean, those genres are just way more conducive to a pro wrestling environment. You know, what fits wrestling better? Iron Maiden or the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Like, it's just the way wrestling is and feels. I'm not saying ska could never work in wrestling. I think it could, depending on the gimmick. But I think because of that, it's in the minority of genres used. That's for sure. I mean, same with like prog rock. I love prog rock. But the prog rock songs used as wrestling themes are the more mainstream, uh, quote-unquote, poppier hits. Like, uh, you know, Working Man, Tom Sawyer, Owner of a Lonely Heart, um, One of These Days by Pink Floyd, which Abdullah the Butcher used. That was more experimental, but still one of their more famous songs from that era. Um, you know, you just can't have a guy walk out to Genesis. Walking across the sitting room, I turn the television off. Sitting beside you, I look into your eyes. You can't do that. I mean, I'd love it, but you just can't do that. So, yeah, ska, prog rock, country music, like actual country music, jazz, reggae, Klezmer, I mean, the list of genres not fully represented in wrestling vastly outnumbers the ones that are. It's just the way it goes. But um, but thank you, Garrett, for that question. Thank you very much. Paul Volsh, uh, Paul, another former guest, and also someone who reviews a bunch of All Japan and Noah and things like that for the site. Paul says, have you read a book? Paul, I am glad you asked me that because... Yes, I have read several books. Um, I signed up for Goodreads last year, and I set a goal to read 20 books for their annual challenge, and I made it. So this year, I upped it to 35, and uh, right now we're about halfway through the year, and I'm halfway done. I've got 18 so far. Um, I may have done a little bit of finessing, because a few of those were graphic novels I read in like a day, but look, to quote Subas from 30 Rock, book is book. It still counts. And the majority of what I've read this year have been your standard books. And uh, a good mix, too, of fiction and nonfiction. Uh, the nonfiction has been pretty much all autobiographies. Like, I read Bret Hart's book, Hitman. I read The Young Bucks book, Killing the Business. I read both of Bruce Campbell's books, If Chins Could Kill and Hail to the Chin. And also read, what else? Greg Lake's book, Lucky Man. And I also read uh, J. Michael Straczynski's book, uh, Becoming Superman which I thought was excellent, but all those books I mentioned are good. And as far as fiction goes, I read a bunch of crime and mystery books this year. Uh, there's a series by Kathleen Kent about a cop in Dallas that's really good. Uh, the first one's called The Dime. The second is called The Burn. I read a book by Lucy Foley called The Guest List, and uh, as well as Richard Osmond's Thursday Murder Club, both mysteries. I read a really creepy book called Pen Pal by Dathan Auerbach. That was good. And I also read a few books that I had wanted to read because I thought they were classics in their genre, but didn't really live up to the hype for me. Um, like, I read Pronto by Elmore Leonard because I love the show Justified, and that's the first book with Raylan Givens in it. And I also read the first book in Stephen King's Dark Tower series, The Gunslinger, and they were okay, but I didn't like them as much as I thought I would. Um, speaking of which, uh, Dune. Uh, I finally read Dune because the movie's coming out later this year. And I understand the importance of Dune and its legacy and all that, but man, is it a slog to get through. 
my God, that book is thicker than Ava Adams. And, you know, there are parts I liked, but between all the mumbo-jumbo that you had to keep checking the glossary for and the third-person omniscient narrator style, it was not a book I want to revisit anytime soon. Um, the movie looks good, though. I do want to see that. But, yeah, the book, it was not my cup of tea, really. So, yeah, those are most of the books I've read this year. Um, I did take a little break recently to play Horizon Zero Dawn because that game just stole my life for a few weeks, but um, I'm ready to get back on the horse now and read some more books. So uh, thank you, Paul, for that question. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I forgot to say this. Um, I mentioned that Dune is a very thick book to read. You know what isn't thick? My pubic hair. And that's because support for Music of the Mat is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And today, we have an exclusive offer for my listeners. 20% off, plus free shipping, with the code MOTM at manscaped.com. That's the podcast initials, MOTM at manscaped.com. And the good people at Manscaped... They hooked me up with one of their Perfect Package 3.0 kits. That includes the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. That's right, their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And I can confirm that, by the way. I used this trimmer on my nether regions not too long ago. Nary a scrape or a cut to be found. It was just a delight to use. The trimmer also comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, as well as the Crop Reviver, which along with the Crop Preserver keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. So don't just look nice down there, smell nice feel nice, perhaps even sound nice. Who knows? Uh, Manscaped also threw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long, and a travel shed bag to store all of your grooming goodies. So if the answer to the question, does my junk look like Bruiser Brody, is a yes, then Manscaped is what you want. 20% off, plus free shipping, with the code MOTM at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MOTM. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, who is next? Uh, Sean Cedor at SACedor2994. Uh, Sean, of course, was just on the WWECW TV themes episode. And uh, always does yeoman's work in previews and reviews and whatnot. Uh, Sean's question, what are your favorite video game soundtracks? Referring more to games that use real songs slash licensed music, like sports games or wrestling games. But you can bring up games with original soundtracks as well. You know, as far as original soundtracks go, it's funny. As good as I am at remembering wrestling themes, I'm the opposite with a lot of video game soundtracks. Plus, like a lot of classic video games with those you know, big-time, epic, famous soundtracks, I've never played them either. So if you want me to say, like, Final Fantasy or Skyrim or Chrono Trigger or whatever, I can't because I never played those games. Um, I mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a great soundtrack. Uh, the Last of Us soundtrack, of course. Uh, Journey, the PS4 game, has a very beautiful soundtrack. And, uh, you know, I always go back to the old standard... Super Mario 64. Um, to this day, that one sticks in my mind. But for games with, like, real songs, I will defer to my youth again here. Uh, the first few SmackDown vs. Raw games, Day of Reckoning, um, even that awful WrestleMania 21 game on the Xbox, uh, the songs in those games are all burned in my brain. Um, lots of butt rock, of course. <laughs> you know, lots of post-grunge and new metal, uh, Breaking Benjamin, Power Man 5000, Zebra Head, Three Days Grace, Rise Against, uh, Nonpoint, the list goes on. Um, very much of the time, I know, but I do enjoy a lot of those songs. Um, Non-wrestling sports games, there are three that come to mind, again from my youth. First is MVP Baseball 2005, with Manny Ramirez on the cover. A small soundtrack, but I can sing along to almost every song on it. 
Honest Mistake by The Bravery, Finding Out True Love is Blind by Louis XIV, Pressure Point by The Zootons, Tessie by Dropkick Murphys, and I think my favorite song in the game, Let It Dive by And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. second game is Madden 06. Um, I don't remember every song in that game, but there are some big ones on there. Uh, Bat Country by Avenged Sevenfold, Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy, 10,000 Fists by Disturbed, Hate in Your Eyes by Chameleon Air, and No Way Back by Foo Fighters. about that song is I had the PS2 version of the game, which had the full soundtrack, but I also got the Nintendo DS version, which only had No Way Back, that just played over and over and over again on a loop. One more game here, NHL 2K7, and for some reason, all the songs in that game were from sub-pop records. So you had like Band of Horses, and Sleater Kenny, and The Thermals, and Hot Hot Heat, and a whole bunch of bands I had never heard of before, um, including The Postal Service. Uh, this is the first time I ever heard The Postal Service, because the game had Brand New Colony. I'll be the grapes fermented, bottled and served with the table set in my finest suit, like a perfect gentleman. I'll be the fire escape that's bolted to the ancient brick where you will sit and contemplate your day. I love that album, Give Up, their only album. So, uh, a strange choice to make for a hockey game, perhaps, but it did introduce me to a bunch of bands, um, as did the prior two games. So, uh, thank you, Sean, for that trip down memory lane there. Thank you. Mike Spears at Fujiheya. Uh, Mike hosts the Open the Voice Gate podcast and the Everything Elite podcast. And uh, he's always on whenever a Dragon Gate topic is on the docket. Mike has my favorite question of the entire bunch. David Lynch calls you up. Hello, Andrew. Fine weather it seems you are having. I am putting together a wrestling theme list for the Roadhouse for the next run of Twin Peaks. Can you help me out? Give five theme songs that you think would hit that vibe for a twin bill with James Hurley. Now the thing about doing a David Lynch impression is you, you can't just do the voice. You gotta stick your arm out in front of you and you gotta, you gotta wiggle your hand and your fingers like you're tickling a ghost. Is that the same? Fuck. Is that the same? Plaster of Paris. Plaster of Paris bullshit. There they are, Albert. Faces of stone. I, I can't stop. I can't stop doing it. That's the kind of girl that makes you wish you spoke a little French. Uh, so if you never saw Twin Peaks Season 3, in which case you should... Uh, it's essentially an 18-hour movie that was just cut up into 18 episodes. And most of the episodes have a musical performance at the Roadhouse, which is the big bar in Twin Peaks, as a way to like either end the episode or just be like a break in the main action. And the bands and artists that Lynch picked are bands he likes or has worked with before. So you got Chromatics, Lizzie, Eddie Vedder, Julie Cruz, Au Revoir Simone... Uh, the Nine Inch Nails, 
as they were called in the show. A whole bunch more. Um, now, if I were picking five wrestling themes for a hypothetical season four, I would pick five songs that touch upon five key traits of the David Lynch universe. Something weird, something haunting, something funny, something intense, and something beautiful. Weird, that's easy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Roadhouse is proud to present Jeff Hardy. Jeff is a weirdo, he's an artist, he likes to paint, he likes to make music, make those weird Illuminummies in his backyard. He and David Lynch would get along swimmingly, I think. Something haunting? Ladies and gentlemen, The Roadhouse is proud to present Raven's TNA Theme. Something funny. Uh, David Lynch's work can be very funny at times in strange and weird ways. And I don't know about you, but I would laugh very hard if I heard, Ladies and gentlemen, The Roadhouse is proud to present Uncle Cracker. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted, and I'll never Yo. give that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate the X Factor, Factor, but you ain't gotta look at me like that. I said you ain't gotta look at me like that. Yes. What you looking at? Look, Lynch trolled everybody in season 3 when he had James do his Just You song. I get to troll people with the X Factor theme, so deal with it. Something intense? Ladies and gentlemen, The Roadhouse is proud to present the King of Freedom and the King of House of Glory, Kai! Did I pick that one just for Mike? Yes, I did. And finally, something beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, The Roadhouse is proud to present Jim Johnston ripping off Angelo Badalamenti. It's beautiful. Oh, Jim, you're breaking my heart. Oh, keep that going, Jim. Oh, it's beautiful. Mike, thank you so much for the awesome question, and I hope you're satisfied with my picks there. David got up and gave me a big hug. He said, Angelo, 
That's Twin Peaks. Liam Byrne at TV Time Limit. Uh, Liam is a writer at VOW and was on the Rick Root episode not too long ago. Who do you think had the biggest discrepancy between wrestling ability and music quality? Either the worst guy with the best music or great music with a shitty wrestler. Well, that's the same thing, Liam. Uh, so I'm assuming you meant to say the best guy with the worst music and the worst guy with the best music. Um, we'll go with that. Uh, best guy with worst music. Um, you know, I could go with Bret Hart's WCW theme or maybe a Daniel Bryan song that nobody remembers, but those are just kind of like generic and forgettable. Cesaro, on the other hand, I like Cesaro a lot. He's one of the best, but that Swiss made theme he had is painful to listen to. Just the siren going and those stabbing guitar chords. Bah, 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 bah. So, so bad. Not a good theme at all. And he hasn't had the best WWE themes overall either. But I will take the Real Americans theme or the Miracle theme or even that Chelsea Dagger ripoff that he had to start off with over Swiss Made. No bueno, no bueno. Um, worst guy with the best music. Um, evil. I hate evil. Actually, let me rephrase that. I hate what that bald fuck Dick Togo has turned evil into. Because I used to like him, but now he's the drizzling shits. With the most belabored control periods and overplayed cheating tactics and ref bumps and that, that bald fuck Dick Togo. He sucks. I hate him. But he has some amazing entrance music. It's the only thing about him that I like. You know me. I love the choirs. I love the gothic operatic organ music. It's a great song for just a shit bum wrestler. So fuck evil and double fuck that bald fuck Dick Togo. But thumbs up to that theme. Um, and by the way, I am waiting for any info about the next New Japan album because there are a bunch of themes that have yet to come out. Evil's new theme, Osprey's new theme, the Great Okan theme, the new Hanare theme, the new Punky 3K theme. Yo's singles theme, Master Watto. Like, where are these themes? Where is the new album? I know New Japan has been in some turmoil lately. I get that. But Papa needs his fix. All right. So come on. But uh, but anyway, Liam, thank you very much for your question. Tim Teresi at Tim underscore dog underscore. That's a D-A-W-G. Has there been a topic that you were completely blind on going into a Music of the Mad episode that went so well or you loved the music so much that you decided to dive into that topic slash wrestler. Not really. Um, I don't really go into the topics completely blind. You know, I'm the one who picks them, of course, and I don't want to pick a topic that I know nothing about. Um, some topics I know more about than others, of course, but I like to have at least some general knowledge about the topics of the show so I'm not, like, scrambling for information or asking a million questions to the guests. Um, so I've never really felt that urge to discover something new because I already know something about the topics to varying degrees. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll watch a few matches for that wrestler afterwards or listen to a song a few more times, but I've never done a big deep dive into any topic afterwards, really. Um, and that's also due to me not wanting to spend the time as well. You know, I'm busy enough with, you know, work and this podcast and books and TV and other wrestling. So if the urge isn't there, I figure why spend the time? But, uh, but thank you, Tim, for that question. Thank you very much. Jeremy at bad underscore chemicals. Who is your favorite artist slash musician you found through wrestling music? Mine actually relates back to the last episode. And for me, it's kill switch engage. Uh, yeah, mine is rush. Uh, I think I mentioned this last year on the SummerSlam episode. But the first Rush song I ever heard was their cover of Summertime Blues, because that was the theme for SummerSlam 04. And I liked that song a lot, and that led to me discovering a few other songs by Rush, Tom Sawyer, YYZ, Limelight, Working Man, and 
that snowballed into me becoming a massive Rush fan. They're one of my favorite bands ever, and I never saw them live, unfortunately, uh, before Neil retired and uh, sadly died. But uh, I do have wrestling to thank for introducing me to them in the first place. So at least one good thing has come out of me being a wrestling fan. At least there's that one thing there. So, <laughs> uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for your question. I do appreciate it. Let's see here. Uh, Tom Hemmings at Rabid Stavros 77. You're Tony Khan. I wish. Buy a wrestler on the AEW roster a piece of music that you think will elevate them. There's a song that I've wanted to see a wrestler use, and I don't think anyone has used it yet, actually. It's a song called The Man by The Killers. I know the score at the back of my hand. It's a perfect song for a wrestler to use, especially for a top guy. It's fun, bombastic, cocky, swaggery. I got gas in the tank. I got money in the bank. I got news for you, baby. You're looking at the man. I got skin in the game. I got a household name. I got news for you, baby. You're looking at the man. I mean, it is tailor-made for a big deal wrestler. And as far as who would get it, I know right now they're doing the Pinnacle Inner Circle feud. And they've pivoted the feud towards the rise of Sammy Guevara, which, you know, based on the reactions he gets, was a smart move. Um, and I think as long as he keeps his nose clean, Sammy is going to be a very big player in AEW in the future. And when he does, I think this song would be a great theme for him. It would fit that arrogant swagger of his. It could work as a face or a heel theme. And it would help present him as this main event big deal guy, more so than his current theme would, I think. Um, I don't know if Sammy even likes the Killers, so maybe a moot point, but that's what I would go with there, Tom. So uh, thank you for the question. Handsome Andrew. Why, yes, I am. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, that's the Twitter name. Sorry about that. At Outlaw Jamboree. What was the best wrestling album? Slam Jam 1, Pile Driver, or something else? I don't know if I can pick the best album, uh, at least not offhand, because there are a lot of them. And to me, so many of them are of similar quality, where there are themes you like and themes you don't, uh, some more than others. But the best is a big task, I think, that would take some time and consideration. But between Slam Jam 1 and Pilot Driver, that's also very tough, because I like both a lot. I mean, they're both very cheesy, of course, but I don't know if I can pick, honestly, because they seem pretty even in my mind. Um, on one side, you got Simply Ravishing, The Natural... Don't Step to Ron, Steinerized. Other side, you got Demolition, Honky Talk Man, Jive Soul Bro, Vince Singing Stand Back. Like, I can't pick. I'm sorry. Um, I had a pick earlier between Forcible Entry, Thematic, and Reckless Intent. But this time, I'm going to pull a Spider-Man 1 and save both MJ and the cable car. It's my show. I can do that. But, uh, but thank you, Handsome Andrew, for the question. And uh, congrats on the name, by the way. Almost done here. Uh, we got Neil David at chubby underscore Cthulhu. Uh, Neil is one of the writers at BOW. One of the best, by the way. Dude is just an excellent writer. Neil asks, which wrestlers do you think got the wrong theme? Worst fitting themes that come to mind. Okay, I have two of them. First one, I love the song and the wrestler, but it wasn't a good fit. The alpha male Monty Brown went to WWE and he became the alpha male Marcus Corvan. And for some reason, they gave him a song called Smooth. You're going down, down, down. Just come smooth. Watch me do what I do. Laying down perfect groove. I'm liquid smooth in Gucci shoes. And the ladies know that I'm the man. But you, you just don't lose. I want to be who never be. Anything but born to lose. And even worse, there's more. Going down. 
which is this funky, upbeat, jazzy number that's about being super smooth and suave and a ladies' man, and you're going down because he's so smooth. And that is so far away from the alpha male gimmick. The alpha male gimmick in TNA was Monty Brown acting like the alpha male predator animal in the wild. He was billed from the Serengeti. He wore leopard print trunks. His finisher was the pounce, because what do predators do to their prey in the Serengeti? They pounce on them. You know, he wasn't this smooth, suave ladies' man. No, he was intense and aggressive and bursting at the seams with alpha male energy. And this song just does not line up with that at all, no matter which company it was. You know, it's not like Marcus Corvan and Monty Brown were two different characters. Monty and TNA could cut more promos and had more focus on him, sure, but he was pretty much the same guy in WWE. So, yeah, that, that to me is a prime example of a wrestler and a theme just not fitting well at all. Love them both, like I said, but a bad fit. Another example I always go to is Rey Mysterio's first WCW theme, March of Death. I'm pretty sure I brought this up on the Rey episode way back when, but I don't know why colorful, kid-friendly, high-flying good guy Rey Mysterio is coming out to Never made much sense to me, and it's just another example of WCW picking a production library song at random for a guy. Um, so yeah, there you go, Neil. There's there's two of them. Uh, I can name more, of course, but those two are the big ones for me. And uh, thank you for the question. Aaron Hobart at Zen Franciscan. Uh, will there ever be an episode where VOW staff select the theme song they would use as an entrance? Also, what's on your top semi-obscure listening playlist you'd suggest people dig into? Yeah, that idea where VOW people pick a theme, that's one I've had in my head forever. Uh, I've just never gotten around to actually planning it out because there are a lot of people at VOW. Um, there's like 50 people here, I think, and that's just a Slack chat alone, you know. So I would have to either set up individual recordings or do bulk recordings with groups. But that's tricky when it comes to scheduling multiple people at once, you know. So like I said, it would take some planning and I have other topics I want to do beforehand. So I think I'll save that idea for a big episode, maybe like, I don't know, 150 perhaps. We'll see. Um, and as far as the listening playlist goes, um, I assume you mean real songs on iTunes or Spotify. I'll give you a couple that I've been playing a lot recently that you might not know. Ghost of Room. Uh, it's this duo, Mike Doty and Andrew Livingston. Uh, they have a song I love called I Hear the Axe Swinging. See that bridge on a ramps of men You go and roll that ball And your thoughts analytic Oh, and a lamps of plan You go to red stick And I'll call you bluff Going away won't be for sure I'm a Cadillac game Bless the sorrow Deep, deep on the pillow Sleep in a blue state Don't scratch the rug There's a band from Sweden called The Soundtrack of Our Lives. Uh, they're broken up now, but they did do the theme for WrestleMania 21 called Big Time. And they also have this very nice song called You Are the Beginning. So rise and shine for a That's a great song. Um, what else? Uh, Mammoth WVH. That's Wolfgang Van Halen, Eddie's son. He put out a single called Distance, which is a tribute to Eddie and one of my favorite songs from last year. I'm still crying. 
distances, I will be with you. No matter what the distances, I will be with you. No matter what the distances, you'll be okay. No matter. And I'll give you one more. The artist is not obscure, but the song kinda is. Uh, no Doubt put out an album about 10 years ago called Push and Shove, which no one talks about because it's not 90s No Doubt, but I like it, and the title track, Push and Shove, is very catchy. So yeah, that's just a sample of what I'm digging right now. Um, there's much more, obviously, but there you go. So uh, thank you, Aaron, for the question. Okay, last question, and it's from my buddy Joel Abraham at Super Joel Cast. Uh, Joel, of course, uh, the host of the Super J Cast. Check him out. Joel's question is, please share some of your favorite silly lyrics from wrestling themes or regular music. Here is my favorite. And uh, he gave me a clip from a song by Desiree called Life. There's no one else around Ooh, I get the shivers I don't want to see a ghost It's the sight that I fear most I'd rather have a piece of toast Watch the evening news Life or life Those are quite silly, Joel. I, I agree there, yeah. <laughs> um, I will also go with a regular song here. Um, I brought up Van Halen on the previous question. The last Van Halen album, A Different Kind of Truth, which I like, by the way. The opening song is called Tattoo, and it is pure David Lee Roth silliness to a T with the lyrics. Earnest silliness, mind you, but still very silly. Uh, let's hear from the first verse to the chorus. I got Elvis on my elbow When I think Elvis talks I got hooligans on the back of my leg I got Elvis on my elbow. When I flex, Elvis talks. I got hula girls on the back of my leg, and she hulas when I walk. Speaking cherry red, screaming electric green, purple mountains majesty, really talk to me, talk to me, babe. Swap meet Sally, tramp stamp tat, mouse wife to mom shell in the time it took to get that new tattoo. Tattoo, tattoo. Tattoo, tattoo, show me your dragon magic. Tattoo, tattoo, so autobiographic. Best believe that needle hurt you. Best to see these true colors and follow one of your false virtues. It goes on from there. Very silly lyrics. Mousewife to momshell, dragon magic, purple mountains majesty. It's so crazy, but I like it. I like that song. I can't lie. So uh, thank you for that question there, Joel. And uh, thank you, everybody, for your questions. Uh, that's it. There's no more. 
I got through them all with glee and aplomb, if I do say so myself. That's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Met. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, just a reminder that Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name music of the mat if you donate hey thanks so much you're awesome rate review subscribe to the show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and many other places and once again get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code motm at manscaped.com i'm andrew rich and i'll see you next time on music of the mat take care guys Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.